welcome welcome to life on purpose podcast with cam i am your host and for today i actually have another host joining me she goes by tiffany the host but her government is tiffany clayton i'm so excited to have her on the show on this particular episode (laughs) hey girl hey hey look i was like okay i gotta get ready she's using my government (laughs) exactly right put put on your um your professional voice but you know also tiffany the host because that's how i met you and i'm super excited to um have you and then so i was excited to um get the yes response from you because you know sometimes i think we could take people and their relationships for granted so i just want to say thank you again formally for agreeing to do this and help me bring this to life of course you're welcome girly <laughs> yeah so before we um dive into life on purpose obviously i think that um it's important for people to know that um a little bit about you know you're in atlanta that's how we met obviously i'm from detroit i'm you're in atlanta we're both in atlanta and so we met how we met was through one of your shows but you're a cali girl and i want to kind of you know take people back a little bit to your years prior how you got to atlanta what purpose means to you. But before we get into that, I thought it would be really fun to do a trivia on yourself. Here we go. So I know you weren't expecting it. <laughs> I was not. <laughs> you, I know you weren't expecting it. So let me cue my music up because, you know, guys, she has her music going. Um, she has everything set. You know, you, I hope to <laughs> have her share with you, you know, some of the places that she's at around the city if you're local in Atlanta. But you know, whenever I'm in her atmosphere, she definitely has the mood set and the atmosphere for a fun and a good time. So that's what I'm going to do for her today before we dive into this conversation. So um, you hear a little music. <laughs> okay. You'll hear a little music. Oh, you're serious. Okay, I hear it. I'm ready. Oh, I'm very serious. <laughs> 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 All right. So it's just three quick questions. Okay. And um, they are very general. Let's They're go. not. Yep. So the first one. What element begins with the letter K? Oh my gosh! Like a like a a science element? What? Oh man! Um, you have ten seconds. Ten seconds, Cam. Um, Cam begins with a K. That's my answer. I'm not an element. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. Carotene. <laughs> All right. It was Krypton. <laughs> okay, here we go. <laughs> All right. Number two. What country hold record 315 million voters turned out for elections on May 20th in 1991? What was that country? Oh man, okay. I want to say United States, but you know, we have the issue of like people don't vote. Um, uh, I don't know. Uh, can I get a clue? Can I buy a lifeline? Sure. Um, clue. Begins with the letter I. I, Iran, Iraq. Are there that many people in those countries? So oh, um, um, no, Illinois is a state. I don't know. Iran or Iraq? It's India. India. That's what I meant to say. 
All right. And so for the last question, what national holiday in Mexico has picnickers munching chocolate coffins and sugar skulls? Oh, um, oh my gosh. It's, it's the day of the dead, but I want to say it in Spanish. Uh, oh, is it Dios? Dios de muertes? Dios de, de muertes? <laughs> it's something muertes because I know that that's, I know that that's death. And Dios is well, dead. So <laughs> day of the dead, You right? got one out of three right. The day of Dios the dead. Dios de, mer- right. de muertes. There we go. <laughs> I was like, oh, I know this one. I know this one. <laughs> I love it. So one out of three. Okay. You did okay. There we you go. See, okay. like, I have to let people know. I don't. Well, I do write my questions sometimes, but you know, I let folks know when the questions get hard. I was like, "Look, if it makes you feel any better, I wouldn't know this if I was playing." So we both would be scratching our heads <laughs> if I asked this question. So yeah, Kim, now you got me. Now I know what it feels like to be on the other side. You see, and then and then she's always like, "You got ten seconds, all right? No lifeline." You know, she called on a lifeline. She was calling on life. So now she now she understands the pressure that <sighs> we. Uh, that we go through when we come out to one of her shows. <laughs> that that was some that was some intense pressure. If only it's in my face, I was like, okay, wait a minute. I know one of these because I feel like I've asked one of those, so I, I can do yeah. it. I can do it. But I'm glad I got one because I was going to be yep, a little that mad third with myself. One, I think you that third one. I think you've asked um, in the setting where I was. So I was like, I was ready for that one. Okay, copycat. <laughs> Look, I love it. Let's go. I love it. Oh goodness! So I want to dump. I don't just want to jump right into um, yeah. one of my major questions since we're in that um, element with, you know, one of your responsibilities as a host. That's not your only thing that you do um, as it relates to purpose, but it's one of them. And you know, your responsibility as a host is to entertain and just to create an atmosphere where sometimes people have the need to escape from their reality, whether it's a happy hour or whether it's on the weekend and they're getting away from their kids or their husband or their spouse or whatever it is, you know, um, and you help create that atmosphere just for them to unplug and kind of escape it for a little bit. But I want to know, you know, what do you do to recharge yourself for self-care when you have, let's say, a room, you know, full of people from whether it's 10 people to 500 people how do you recharge and come back into that type of environment and help people so it really kind of depends um when I first started out I really wasn't sure I'm not gonna lie you know I wasn't sure what I wanted to do I know some people kind of step into their passion their calling and they prepared for it my my setup was not like that so one of the things that I do is um I listen to a crazy playlist and you know don't judge me but like it's either a workout playlist or something and one of the things that I do before a show is I always you know blast music in my car in general but I tell myself like I'll dance really really hard now of course you know being safe I'm not you know making turns and you know like you know trying to drop a while's hop like while I'm moving but when I get to a stoplight or a stop sign I'll just dance even really harder or just something to kind of break me out of that element because I am an extrovert, but at the same time, I can still be that person where, where, you know, I just kind of want to relax a little bit. So before I, before I do a show, usually when I'm driving there or even like while I'm getting dressed, I'll play music, um, something just to kind of get me hyped up because I tell myself that I have to be comfortable with people kind of staring at me because for me, my if I want to call it a product my product is my personality so for me to 
for me to entertain multiple people, um, I have to really, really be energetic. And, you know, I already enjoy what I do, but it's better if it's kind of like people can see it and people feel that. So for me, it's getting pumped up to a playlist. Okay. Okay. So that's like what you call yourself, I guess, charging up to yeah to actually be in that element okay and what are some of those self-care ways that you have or that you do to um to help you I guess regain that sense of like what do you do for yourself on a self-care yeah so the biggest thing with me that I took advantage of when I moved to Atlanta is is really just nature so coming from California not to say that we don't have nature but California depending on where you live it's just so, so big. And so I'm from Southern California and um, primarily, like I was born in Inglewood, but we moved out to the suburbs like Torrance. And if anybody's heard of Cerritos, then yeah, I'm from that area. But uh, I didn't I didn't have a car and transportation was kind of limited uh, growing up in L.A. Well, not really because you had the buses, but nature is really just the park. And I was kind of like, oh, that's cool. But I would love to get to the great outdoors. So what I do for myself now with self-care is um, I try to do it on Sundays, but I go on hikes. Um, I used to. I used to do track in high school, so I'm used to kind of being in shape. Not really so much now, but you know, I still like <laughs> I still like being up and 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 adamant moving. So for me, it's actually the opposite of when I'm doing my shows. I have to have some time for myself. So for me, it's going hiking on on a Sunday, more than likely. And though okay. there are different podcasts that I listen to. So whether it's Transformation Transformation Church, or even sometimes if it's a TED Talk, but something just to kind of clear my mind because for me when I'm in nature it's something it's a little humbling just to kind of see the world without just all the you know digital um I think just kind of like the digital realm that we're in which isn't a bad thing but I guess it's kind of taking that literal definition of unplugging being with nature and it's humbling just to feel a little small in something so beautiful so for me it's nature walks listening to podcasts and I'm trying to get back into yoga okay yeah, I um I can definitely relate. Um, I was just telling someone like I have a gym membership, but I really enjoy nature, and a lot of times I enjoy it so much that I'll bring earbuds, but I find myself like taking them off, wrapping them up, and putting them in my jacket because mm-hmm. I want to hear the sounds, I want to hear the birds, I want to hear the rustling of whatever is around me. Um, so I definitely can relate to nature um, as being one of my things. Yeah, definitely. And try to, and one of the things that my family gets on me about is I'll always try to keep like one, one headphone in so I can also, you know, hear what's around me and stuff. But yeah, if you ever go hiking, try to go. What I also find really peaceful is going to nature sites because I use an app to find out what locations I'm going to and find one that has water. So sometimes what I'll do is I often try to go to one that has a river and I'll just sit on the side and I'll take my headphones out. And it's just, I don't know, it's just something so beautiful just to actually hear water racing or even if it's just like still body, just being able to see things. I mean, it's crazy, but it feels like life in HD. It's still just throwing it back to technology. But yeah, it that's that's been my go-to thing lately. Wow. Okay. So, so that's good. I, I think that that's something we could all benefit from. Now I want to back up just a little bit. You mentioned Cali and where you grew up. Maybe could you take us back to maybe the 10 year old Tiffany? Ooh, where was she? <laughs> what was going on? What grade is 10? What is that like? Uh, 
so I've always been a social butterfly most of my report cards have always said the same thing great student but like really distracted in class talks to her classmates and stuff so <laughs> my parents have always known I was a chatterbox but I would say 10 year old Tiffany was still very social I'm a big sister so I'm very protective of my little brother was then and still am now but um, I was okay. really into the arts, you know, I don't know if I necessarily knew creativity was a thing, but um, my favorite subjects were always along the lines of things that allowed expression. So whether it be writing, if it was doing something with theater, the classes or the schools that I went to in California, we did stuff in English and Spanish. So I remember like in my Spanish classes, always being the one to kind of like volunteer for something. So anything that allowed okay. me to work with people, be around people, I pretty much was doing that. And then when it came to like being a, a sister, I'm a middle child actually, but when it came to being a sister, I was always trying to do different things to um, either copy my big sister or my or my big cousin, look out for my, uh, look out for my little brother. So I was always kind of doing something that just, I don't know, pretty much just like, I think it was your typical kid, but if it dealt with dealing with other people, I was like, oh, I'm here. I love to do it. Pick me. <laughs> so, I was always around people. Wow. Okay. And was your family or is your family like extroverts like that as well, like your parents? Uh, Yes and no. Yeah. My mom and dad are definitely extroverts. My siblings, I would say not so much, but definitely when we're around each other, you know, we're extroverts. But if there had to be like, I guess, who's more of an extrovert, that would be me. But yeah, no, my parents are definitely extroverts. And I think some of that also was my mom as well, because she was one of those folks that, you know, she wasn't an English teacher, you know, moms, you know, y'all be on it, be like, nope, this is how you say it. <laughs> Let me see that paper. She was just always about you know, no, this is how you greet people or, you know, hey, okay, you want to do this? Like, go ahead and, and try this. I remember my godmother told me one time, because my parents always had me in different type of activities. She's like, okay, I feel like I have to get on a calendar with you because you are just one of the most, you're one of the most busiest children I've ever met because my parents either had me in um, educational programs, summer camps. Um, I did, I played musical instruments, I did sports. So um, yeah, I mean, my parents definitely were extroverts, but I think, mm -hmm. I don't know, maybe they just kind of like realized it's my personality. All of us did stuff, but I really just thrived in just anything that, you know, dealt with people. Okay. And she's not lying, y'all. Like it, it took me a minute to get on her schedule. So <laughs> <laughs> I promise I'm trying to get better. I'm trying to get better. <laughs> yeah, but I, I think, <laughs> I think that has a lot to do with because, you know, they always say um, a life is built through the childhood of a person and just kind of hearing a little bit of your story of the 10 year old Tiffany, it sounds like you were already busy. You had already started um, a life of entertainment and just being around people. So it sounds like it started really early for you. Mm. I guess if, if one thing that you could maybe tell your teenage self going into um, your adulthood self before you, you know, went off to college. Uh, one of the, the best colleges I, I think that I heard you say was HG. Hey, so we'll get into that as well. Hampton University. <laughs> I'm doing the, the hand wave right now. All my Hamptonians know right. what it is. What's really good. <laughs> yeah. So before you got there, I know that, you know, life kind of opened up for you. But before you uh, crossed over into that, what's one thing that you would maybe tell the teenage Tiffany? Like if you could go back and just whisper in her ear and, and let her know 
what's one thing that you would tell her probably um and it would have been it would have been I don't want to say hard but something loose along the lines of just to keep going because um I realized like you know it's crazy sharing my my life experiences with just different people and even just like hearing it now in this podcast and hearing you say that okay it sounds like it started young because I never felt that way so I would tell myself I would tell myself to keep going because um in high school I tried different things I got tired of doing Spanish so I wanted to try French which now like I'm like I really want to know Spanish I, I did track um I had the dreams of being like a saxophone player but I think And this is just parents, you know, parents being parents and wanting to do things with love. You know, I know my parents were looking at a lot of things of like, but what's going to give you a steady career? And so I still did like, you know, other things to kind of be well-rounded. But my heart was always and still is with, I guess, doing entertainment. So things with music, things with um, public speaking and things of that nature. So. I would tell myself then just to say, okay, what you really, really feel in your heart is there for a reason. Keep going. Because I think I kind of got to a point where, okay, well, you know, my parents are looking out for me. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe I shouldn't, you know, look at these things as a career. Because I love my parents, you know, don't get me wrong. But, you know, we know as we mm-hmm. get older, the relationship with your parents, it shifts a little bit just because now yeah. it's two adults talking, even though I'm still their child. But, my parents right. are in STEM-based fields, so they're very analytical people. So I understand where for them, they were like, you know, hey, what's going to get you a career? What's going to get you going? And I think in high school, I kind of derailed a little bit from like the arts and creativity and was like, okay, maybe I need to be a writer, which I'm not knocking, but it definitely wasn't my calling. So I would tell high school me, what you feel in your heart, like that's what you're supposed to be doing. Keep going. Yeah, yeah. Um, I can relate to that as well, even being a parent myself, but I think a lot of times we don't realize that, you know, growing up, so my, if my parent, if I was a teenager and my parent was in her thirties, um, she didn't have life figured mm-hmm. out yet, you know, like as much as we thought that they did and we looked to them as if they did, they were just, they were, they were, um, they were in that frame of mind too, of just keep going. Right. Okay. Keep losing Tiffany. Like, it is just all relatable and you can just see just looking back like oh yeah she she had that same frame of mind she was just getting up every day you know going at it herself and so it's it's just something in that those two words keep going so if you are listening um and you are at a point in your life whether you are a teenager an adult wherever you are in life I think that that's something you know she just said that she would tell her teenage self is something that we can relate to even in today's present time is that you know if you yesterday if yesterday you said tomorrow then make today right right so because today today hears you can hear what you said yesterday so just being mindful of the words that you're putting out into the universe not for others to hear not just for others to hear but for yourself so that is really good so you know fast forward you um leave from cali or did you leave straight from cali and go straight to howard let me not yep 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 let me not let me not confuse the two (laughs) no so um no to answer your question it took a minute for me to get to atlanta because um 
So my dad's job moved us to Alabama, which I was, yeah, I was a freshman at Hampton and I still pride myself on being a Cali girl. And even if I'm not a Cali girl, I'm a city girl at heart. So not to be confused with the group by any means, you know, I love their music, but I'm not, I'm not a city girl, (laughs) but in terms of big metropolitan areas, you can find me there. So yeah, girl, moving from, so you went to the, you went to the, you went to a very southern state, Cali to Alabama. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Wow. How was it? It was a culture shock and not in ways that I thought, like in terms of demographic. It just was, it was honestly just different culturally. So I'm 19, a freshman at Hampton, love my first year. And I, you know, kind of had, I kind of thought I'd have that balance of Hampton, Virginia. It's, it's a slow place in a sense, you know, but there are other schools and other cities that you can get into a car to and go over there. So I'm like, I can have a kind of slow, but you know, social academic life in Hampton and then come back to California where I can really do all the social things that I'm used to. So to like, or so you thought. Right, and so I thought, so you know, life, God was like, nope. So it was a culture shock because in Alabama, um, the part that I was in, uh, things were closing at like nine o'clock and it was just very, it was very different. Things closed very early. It was more of a, kind of like a, a, a suburb feel where like people knew each other from the local high schools, churches, colleges, and having gone to none of those things, I didn't feel like I felt in. So um, it was it was very, very different. And I'm not gonna lie, that was the first time I think in my life I was actually very, very angry because I didn't realize, um, and life has a way of showing you this. There's so many things that you don't realize that you attach to yourself that you're kind of like, this is me or I'm a part of this. And when it's gone, you're like, what so like moving to Alabama was it was frustrating but um I got you know as I got older I started to see that it was uh it was definitely some place that I needed to be but yeah so my family moved there I graduated Hampton in 2012 and for me I was like okay Alabama's cool it works for my family but it's not for me so I was like, I can't stay here. So I <laughs> I graduated. The economy was horrible in 2012. So it was taking forever to get a job. So I was working two part-time jobs. Um, I forget where I was working. But, oh, yeah, one of them was Party City. I loved it. Again, being around the arts. I made so much money during Halloween. Mm-hmm. But I was okay. there. Uh, I didn't like it. And I was looking for opportunities. And I found an opportunity in Louisiana. So I moved to Baton Rouge for about six months. And then when that contract ended, went back to Alabama just to kind of figure out some some next steps. And then I moved to Atlanta, I want to say maybe, maybe about like 2013, 2014 or so. And I've been here ever since. So it took a while to get to Atlanta. But you know, I just knew in my heart that I needed to be somewhere that allowed me to one be in a metropolitan area. But on top of that, I was pursuing a career in digital marketing. I got my degree, my, my degree technically in public relations, but communications nonetheless. And I just figured that I wanted to do something with digital marketing. And that's how I ended up in Atlanta. Wow. <clears throat> and it, would you say this is a place where you definitely found your purpose and what does it mean to you um yeah no definitely um so to answer your question in terms of like what is purpose I think purpose for me is just kind of more so I know some people go with like stepping into your calling stepping into your passion and I do think that those things are great but for me honestly 
it was a sense of alignment. It really was just kind of stepping into like, uh, it felt like stepping into like the fast pass of life because listening to like what you just mentioned earlier, you know, when you said, okay, this sounds like you've been doing this since you were younger or when I tell myself, you know, back in high school, if I could, you know, keep going. It was something that was always on my heart, but I never knew what it looked like because at Hampton, um, I did radio for, I guess it was our, yeah, it was our jazz show, WHOV 88.1 FM. So I worked with them and I loved being on the radio. So at the time I thought I want to do a career with radio. I would love to get on that. But then, you know, things started to change with things, um, digital platforms and recording so not to say there aren't jobs in that industry but it's definitely different than I think even what I was taught 10 years ago yes but um you know so one of the things that I would say purpose is really stepping into like your alignment because hosting was something I just kind of stumbled into but with opportunities that I've been given and what I've been able to do I'm like, okay, man, why wasn't I doing this 10 years ago? I wish I would have stepped into it earlier. So purpose, I would say, is if it's something that you have on your heart and you're not sure what you want to do, just start doing baby steps that kind of get you around it. Because one of the things, and you see it in people, if somebody wants to sing, but they don't know if they really, or if somebody wants to be, you know, around music, they think, okay, first jobs are, I got to be a singer or, you know, I have to do something uh, with an instrument, but maybe your calling is really to be an audio engineer. You won't know that until you start to slowly explore the different things around your passion and step into what's for you. So hosting for me just, I mean, Cam, it really just felt like a sense of alignment. It's like people saw it in me. I didn't see it. And when I stepped into it, it just seemed like that was the one portion of my life that was going so fast that I was like, whoa, I did not expect this. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not ready for it, but clearly <laughs> life seems to think otherwise. Wow. And where do you think that, well, before we go into where do you think you would be mm-hmm. without purpose, I want to kind of talk about, um, you know, you, <clears throat> you mentioned one of the, one of your best jobs that you had, I believe was a campaign manager with Delta. Yeah. Right? So that was, um, <laughs> man, so I told myself, I was like, I originally wanted to get into advertising. Then when I realized I worked with a small agency, being on the camp, on the agency side of things, I thought, mm, let me go back into marketing. I really want to do digital marketing. So I told myself, and this is going with what I thought defined success, naturally what my parents told me defined success. And again, I preface all of this by saying none of this is bad. It's just realizing towards the end, it was not for Tiffany, the host, or Tiffany Clayton. So... Yeah, so I was able to do, I mean, I had some great jobs. Like I I busted my butt when I came to Atlanta and I also networked. That was the other thing that I didn't realize that I had kind of already been doing without calling it that or, you know, kind of being intentional about it. But when I got here, I just started to realize, okay, I want to, I want an opportunity, but nobody's giving it to me. So let me just start talking to people. So, and just talking to people, getting involved with different groups. And I don't even mean like professional groups. A lot of my connections ironically came from an adult kickball league, because again, having done sports, loving outdoors, I tell anybody, you can make connections anywhere, anywhere. But, um, I ended up just going through different jobs. So in Atlanta, I worked for a small marketing uh, agency. Then from that went to working with, uh, what is it? I think it's, oh, PBA, Public Public Broadcasting of Atlanta. So NPR. Then from there, I went to working with 
the National Park Service needed social media. And then from there, at 26, yeah, I was a marketing campaign manager for Delta. And when I stepped into that, I was like, okay, hit the money dance. Like, we made it. We're making big bucks, black <laughs> benefits, you know uh-huh. what I mean? And so it was, I, and I had always told myself that my dream job was to be a creative director. But I thought, I'm not going to get that till I'm 40 or 50. So let me just keep working towards it. So what I used to do in the past is um, I would print out job descriptions that looked like, you know, my future. And that's what I kind of built my career around. So if they said, okay, you need 10 years experience of that, let me find a job that can give me that. So, um, oh, yeah, getting to Delta at 26 definitely kind of just sped up some things. And that was, a, that. it wasn't a bad job. I loved it. But in all honesty, I started to realize at some point, I'm like, whoo, I like this, but it doesn't make me happy. I'm not feeling fulfilled. And I didn't know how to tell people um, because my parents um, are still in California and my dad is in Alabama. They're still married, but hey, you know, just chasing a career, you got to go where the job goes. So I felt like I was that sibling. I was that child that finally stepped into something that now I can give back to my family. I'm allowing my parents to travel for free because they're long distance. They can see each other more often. I've got a big job. I just convinced one of my friends from LA to move out to Atlanta. So I thought I've set myself up to where I'm good and I can help other people, but why do I feel so empty and so drained? And so that was conflicting for me because I had told myself that this is what success looks like and this is what I thought I wanted. So that was the first time I realized like, oh crap. I don't have a plan B. <laughs> like this is supposed to this was supposed to work and I don't know if this is really for me. So I was trying to just like, you know, make things like make things work and then I also went back to a relationship that I shouldn't have and that caused like, you know, another eye opener. So there were so many things that I thought um at that point I was 20 27 going on 28. So I'd been there for about okay. like uh, almost close to, to two years and it was like girl every okay. every month that passed the job was thriving I had amazing clients I loved my team and my boss like I still keep in touch with them but uh-huh. I was just like man none of this is working and I don't know what to do wow at that time and I, I read where you you had read um wrote a book or not wrote a book but read a book called do-over what was I guess one thing that you can maybe um, share with myself and the world um, that you picked up from there as it relates to um, your trend your your um, transgression into your next assignment um, as it relates to purpose what's one thing that you pulled from there um yeah so that's actually a book that my old boss from Delta gave me it's called do over by John Cuff and that's A-C-U-F-F and um you know my boss just was an empath without even realizing that he was one because I was going through so much um at that time so one of the things that I could say hmm, that the book talks about is oh one of the things that I enjoyed I thought it was gonna lead me down this path of like all right wake up be a new you be you know strong and this kind of stuff which I was like I'm not feeling strong. I'm confused. I'm conflicted. (laughs) One of the things that I loved about the book was saying like, okay, start where you are 
right now. Like, I'm not going to, he was like, I'm not going to tell you to reinvent the wheel. So one of the things that he talks about is look at your network. And even if you don't feel like you have a network, just think about the people that you know, what do they do? And so he even tells you, you know, put those things on a flashcard because he's like, one of the things that when you're trying to do something over is accountability. And so for me, I know I have to have people hold me accountable, but also, you know, being an adult is holding yourself accountable. And so one of the things that he talked about was write out, you know, put people's name on flashcards and on the other side, write what they do. And not even just on a professional level, but maybe this person is a great speaker. Maybe this person, um, knows a whole bunch of restaurants or something like that and once you start to kind of put those things in front of you there's a few other steps that I'm kind of forgetting I'm sure but he basically says Uh that once you kind of look at like what's in front of you you'd be surprised there's probably somebody that you know that can help you in some form Mm -hmm. whether it's you know introducing you to another person or helping you get that skill set or maybe giving you an opportunity to see if you like that but a lot of people the book talks about a lot of people think that when they see people step into their purpose or greatness, oh man, it was just given to them or, you know, they've known about this since they were a kid. That's not always the case because, oh, that's what I didn't mention. And working with Delta, um, because I'm open about it. um, I was in, I was, well, I wasn't in a relationship, but I went to go visit like an ex and it ended up uh, not being a good visit and a whole bunch of different things ended up transpiring and I ended up finding out I don't know if I can share this cam but I'm gonna be transparent um but I ended up finding out that I was pregnant and that definitely wasn't what I expected definitely wasn't something that I expected um to happen at my big job at Delta and so um there were a few different things you know going on with he and I that just like had broken the trust and so I didn't know I was pregnant and by the time I did find out I was 11 weeks and that's when at the time you know the southern states were going with that the heartbeat bill so all that to say that you know I did decide not to keep my pregnancy and it was something and still is something that like I'm working through but one of the things that I thought okay I need something to distract myself I found an opportunity Mm -hmm. to do hosting via a Craigslist ad I know sketchy is I don't know what but I was like you know what let me just see went to the audition and that's what kind of kicked off my career so kind of going back to like what John Acuff was saying was um granted I didn't know this company at the time when I was with them but I remember somebody telling me Tiff you just need a part-time job or something to kind of like distract yourself look for gigs on Craigslist and I'm looking at my friend like girl those are people go to get snatched up he was like (laughs) weed them out you know have a process but you might find something on there that you like so um not to say my friend was like my craigslist connect but it was something just to kind of say like my network Mm kind of pushed me into the thing of like well look you want to keep yourself distracted you just had this major procedure and major choice um you know go ahead and see if you can find something that'll just you know get you quick money and mind you this is all while i was still working at delta i just needed something to distract myself but it was the best thing yeah And I'm so glad that you went into that because that is one of the things that I wanted to um, talk to you about and share with the world. Um, You know, one of the things that you have for yourself that you created, which is called Sisters in Loss. And you share a very um, touching story around that uh, with your own pregnancy. But before you get into that, because I do want you to share that with the world and I do want people to know 
you know, where they can find yeah. that um, if they're struggling with that. So I definitely want you to talk about that. But one thing that you said was um, that stuck out to me was that your vulnerability. You said hosting is more than my passion. It saved my life. Yeah. You said in a quote, you said that it helped you develop faith when you didn't even have in any in yourself or others. Can you kind of talk to us a little bit about that? Yeah. So at the time, um, when I made this, when I made my decision about my pregnancy, um, you know, there's so many things that like, I feel like, oh man, I would, I would go back. Would I do this differently? But I was just, in a, I was in the beginning of honestly, what I didn't even realize was depression, which I didn't want to talk about for multiple things. Because again, I'm working this big job. I didn't want to tell anybody about the decision that I had made. And then, you know, just being transparent in the black community, we don't talk about mental health. So it wasn't, Right. It wasn't something that I felt like I couldn't go to anybody and talk to about. I just didn't want to because why? Like, I'm this black girl that's perceivably doing big things at 27, 28. Mm-hmm. Who do I look like? What do I look like complaining? So, yeah, after I made um, that decision, that was in April of 2018, um, in May. So, beginning of, well, I guess like first Mother's Day, um, I was kind of like, again I'm I'm kind of like I'm not really feeling my decision that I made it didn't really hit me honestly until Father's Day so the next month but again my homegirl was like girl try something to distract you so it did give me faith because the thing is throughout the rest of 2018 um it was really 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 hard because you know and, and folks can listen to that podcast if they want to but in my experience, one, I didn't really know, again, that I was pregnant, so I don't really have much of a story or a journey there. But, um, okay. and only only to say just because, because I didn't know by the time I did find out, I had one week to really make a decision and find out that I had been pregnant for three months. So I lost faith in myself because I was like, crap, I got myself into this decision. And this was with an ex that I had known since I was 19. And this was somebody that we had discussed marriage. So it wasn't a stranger. So it was kind of like, okay. man, okay. I told him later on, which whether that be a good thing or a bad thing that causes a, a, a rift between us, which then was impacting work as well, because this person that I had known for such a long time, and really, I didn't realize how to rely okay. on, I had relied on him to help me discover myself, which I think now being in my later 20s about to be third this year I'm like man okay this self-love is real (laughs) like you gotta go through it all that to say like when I stepped into hosting despite everything else that was bothering me like not being able because I was emotionally distraught at work I was keeping it together to the best I could but I'm human I was still dropping the ball on things hosting when I got on the microphone for two hours because my shows are always two hours um it just really made me feel different. Like I could have been having a really bad day or I was still trying to figure out things with the ex just because there were other things that were going around that I couldn't believe was happening like to him or to us. And so trying to figure out that, all this stuff, right? Getting on the microphone mm-hmm. for two hours, I didn't think about any of that. It felt amazing. Like these people that I'm meeting, whether I'm playing the music. So it was like, for two hours, for 120 minutes, like I could have had a long mm-hmm. day and getting on that microphone felt like everything. And that's the other thing I started to notice, mm-hmm. like again, stepping into alignment, um, mm-hmm. 
that was something I was like, okay, this, I don't know if this is a good thing or a bad thing because I love what I'm doing at Delta. I'm making this money. I'm doing all this big stuff. But mm-hmm. if you ask me about my highlight of the day, is when I'm in these bars and these restaurants hosting. That's a little bit of a problem because I was doing that. <laughs> I was doing that and writing uh, press releases for a small business, not realizing at the time okay. I was just trying to keep myself busy from the decisions that I had made. And I lost faith in myself because I thought, man, did I make the right decision? Like I have this big job and I'm, and I'm messing up and, you know, I'm trying to do this with helping this person, but it's not going right. So all these decisions that I had made with such, um, with such confidence and just permanency, like just being like, okay, I made these decisions. They were falling apart. So hosting again. Yeah. Like it gave me faith when I didn't have any, because I was like, here's this random thing I'm trying and it's working and everything else that I thought when I made a solid decision is falling apart. So, okay. This is the one thing that's making me somewhat feel like Tiffany. Okay. Wow. That, I mean, that, that journey even in the midst of that, because what it's been a full year now, right? Yeah. Since you stepped into yeah, that. Yeah, actually. Um, so actually, uh, yeah. Wait a minute, I'm doing my math. Yeah, it's been. A, <laughs> yeah, a full year and probably almost two years because I started doing hosting, well, trivia hosting in April of 2018. But in okay. terms of like pursuing hosting full-time yeah it's officially been a year because I got I stepped into a new role uh after Delta and they ended up doing layoffs because of the government shutdown last year in February 2019 so yeah it's been almost two years but a year of me doing it like full throttle full time wow that's it and I mean there's so much truth in it because when I think about it personally um here I was you know that's how I met you yeah you know happy hour meeting you know meeting one of my girlfriends going to work um at a job that I'm no longer with um thank god but (laughs) you know trying to you know just trying to zone out I come in and and I meet you you know not knowing that you know this is also a journey for you so I think that there's something behind what you're saying and what you're sharing with people about stepping into alignment and doing things sometimes to distract you from other things um, and just stepping out and just doing it and so I hope that the listeners and the people that will listen to this will be able to glean from that because it's your story and it's real and it's raw but it's so relevant to today's times to people, you know, where people are doing nine to fives and it's not necessarily their passion. And I'm not taking anything away from it because I think that you can also pursue passion and purpose um, as well as work a nine to five. It's, it's all in how you do it. So I think this, just this story alone has been great, but I want to kind of know, you know, in you pursuing your purpose now, where do you see, Tiffany in the next five years oh yeah like that's even a question I had to ask myself this year I'm like okay what what do we want to do at the end of this year um so in my heart I still want to be a creative director something that either has me managing talent working with other creative people because one of the things I came to realize that I loved from doing my corporate jobs to even now is I do love entertaining people but my heart is truly fulfilled when I have an opportunity to connect people so whether that's me connecting with folks individually or you know you're saying that you need something I'm like oh perfect Cam I know somebody that can help you know with that I love creating a sense of community I would love to 
have an opportunity to either kind of one I do love travel so I'm really trying to see what opportunities I can explore for being talent on a cruise ship because that sounds like when I looked at that I'm like oh to be a host on a cruise ship that would be fantastic and because I also I think the other thing I had to realize and also I will tell anybody this when it comes to your passion be realistic with yourself when I look at hosts yeah. you can host at different times but even if you look at somebody like Terrence J for instance that's honestly uh, an inspiration Terrence J has to be somewhere okay. in his 30s and he still does hosting but he's not doing the same thing that he's doing when he started out at 106 and Park. Exactly. So one of the things, yeah. yeah, like you have to, I think, I think I'll say from my field in particular is be adaptable because he's still doing hosting, but now he's doing acting. I think he's doing producing. He's doing different things in addition to where he started. So for me, I would love to host on a cruise ship or uh, even I'm even looking at opportunities just to kind of find out how I can work in the hospitality industry. But for me, maybe even at 45, but I'm not gonna be 45 in five years, but <laughs> like 15 <laughs> years from now at 45 or well, at 16, but I would love to do something where maybe I'm the creative director for Norwegian or um, Carnival, or maybe even at a, a hotel chain or something. But I really wanna do something to take what I've learned and be able to help people that have similar talents, different talents, and put them on platforms. So that's where I see myself okay. a little bit further than maybe like five years, but five years. Um, I really want to be on a cruise ship. Like catch me in a carnival picture, having everybody swag surfing. That's me. That's me. <laughs> so if you're listening and you have, so if you're listening, you have a plug. Hit, hit me up I got you. <laughs> hit me up so I can hit her up and we'll get her all plugged in so that's great like so I guess a few more things yeah. and I know that we have to wrap up so that just means that we, you have to do this again with me yeah um, hopefully soon <laughs> yeah but being a Cali girl and um kind of going through the southern states but now you're in Atlanta what makes Atlanta home for you? Can you give me two top spots here and why? Ooh, okay, so like top spots in terms of like social things or just like what makes Atlanta home? Yeah, or just, let's just say um, one social and then one basic thing that you can say, you know what, Atlanta's my home because of this. Ah, okay. So Atlanta is home to me because going to an HBCU, the real HU, but going to Hampton, <laughs> I realized I loved being around black people that were like me, where it's like I could step into a room and not like in my California experience where it's like, oh my gosh, you're so smart. You're so well spoken for, and it's like fill in the blank, I know, for a black girl, which mm -hmm. we are all educated. Mm -hmm. So get that out of your mind. So Atlanta's home to me because mm -hmm. I can walk around and see people that look like me Atlanta feels like a big homecoming. So in okay. terms of two spaces uh, that feel like home. Okay, one, when I first moved to Atlanta, I don't go there anymore, but I tell anybody to go there. I loved going to the bars on Edgewood. Um, I'm a little okay. bit of an artsy, eclectic, hippie person. So if that's not your scene, I would tell you, don't go there. Don't be surprised when you go there. But <laughs> I love the whole Edgewood just the Edgewood old fourth ward vibe, but specific, yeah, specifically can't talk Edgewood because when you go there, everything's free, everything's cool. And during the summertime, they block off the street and it feels like a big block party. So that's one. Um, okay. And two, I'm trying to think, trying to think. 
Uh, I don't have a very specific location, but I really do enjoy my nature hikes. So I use an app called All Trails. And every week I'll try to find something that has, like I mentioned earlier, like a body of water. So I love my nature hikes. So anything that allows me to be near some water, I'm there. So if I have to be specific, uh, oh, the Chattahoochee River. If you ever shoot the hooch, which is just getting in the big tubes and going down the river, that okay. is amazing. So that's where you yeah that's where you need to be during the summertime because you can get friends you can drink as long as you pick up your trash because people be trying to for whatever reason feed the ducks and give them drinks and it's like (laughs) black people let's do better so (laughs) those are my two spots those are my two spots your go-to spots i love it wow so you guys have heard it here on life on purpose podcast um, with tiffany i want you guys to share i want you guys to actually go follow her she's going to share where you can follow her and where you can find her so many different spots um around atlanta so once you follow her you'll be able to connect with her don't stalk her but just (laughs) connect with her (laughs) and um you know go out enjoy a game enjoy an evening or afternoon with her i promise you won't be let down her spirit is infectious. Her personality and her smile above all is one that you definitely want to know. So Tiffany, if you could let everyone know how they can find you. Definitely. And thank you so much, Cam, for the, the kind words. Because yeah, like I call you guys my, my JR booze when I see you guys <laughs> at the show. <laughs> but you guys can definitely find yeah. me on Instagram. That's only where I am right now, uh, at Tiffany the host. And my shows kind of frequent, they, they vary. But the spot that I met Cam that I'm doing every single Wednesday is uh, at JR Crickets in Smyrna from 7.30 to 9.30. We do it every Wednesday. We do trivia. But I do a compilation of, of different things. So if I'm not doing trivia, I've done music bingo. And the other things that I've started to do, like, you know, outside of that have been hosting private parties, did a launch party last year. And um oh worked with Ford got to go on tour with them for their HBCU F-150 tour so that's why I I would love to do like a plug for all the different things that I have coming up or what I've done but the best way to just kind of keep up with me is Tiffany the host T-I-F-F-A-N-Y T-H-E-H-O-S-T and I gotta spell it out because there are different versions of Tiffany's apparently but regular spelling (laughs) Tiffany the host that's where you can find me and see what I'm doing that week or maybe I do a little bit of travel, you know, if I'm coming to you. Yeah. So definitely hit her up um, just, you know, for an event around the city or if you're in need of a host, um, definitely reach out to her. And I will say that she is super active or interactive with her followers as well. I've watched and I've seen her um, engage. So she's not just one to just see you post or respond you know she's quickly to respond or she's quick to respond on that so thank you so much tiffany again if you would like to reach me i am you i can be found on instagram at life on purpose 20 the numbers two zero you can also email me at life on purpose 20 at gmail.com if you're interested in being a guest on the show thank you thank you again for tuning in to life on purpose